that business and innovation would be such a use for good in this world. And that when more good-hearted, mission-minded, purpose-driven, conscious leaders are making more money, that is how we transform the story of the planet. Tina Brown, and this is In the Rising podcast, where I love to talk to people about living a life that's in alignment with your hopes, your dreams, and your goals, and walking away from that shame blame game that does nothing for you. That is exactly what my guest today, Kimberly Spencer, has done. She has transformed her story, transformed her mindset into a free mindset, and really just gone after her dream. And that includes starting up an e-commerce company, becoming an Amazon bestseller, opening a Pilates studio, and being a wife and mother. And so I really look forward to you hearing her story and how she shares these moments where she talks about her challenges and how they have cultivated uh, confidence in her that radiates not only through a podcast, but radiates in everything she does. I'm thrilled to talk to you today, Kimberly, because I've done my research on you. You're, you're, you are a phenomenal woman. So you are what I envision of in the rising, right? Who's been through some things and has risen to the place where she is now sharing that knowledge and how helping invigorate other people to achieve what their goals are. Um, that's all I can say. Like, I was just struck when I was like, oh my gosh, you know, but you named yourself as a multi-passionate person at this point in time. And that has gotten a really bad rap sometimes that multi-passionate is someone who can't focus. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, multi-passionate it depends on what you're creating. So one of the things that um, I've heard, multi-passionate can also be reinterpreted as a serial entrepreneur. And I've seen that title. And I, and I, whenever I, I am presented with a client or somebody who has that, who uses that as their title, I ask like, what is that one thing that they're focused on? So the, the, the business that I'm really in, I'm multi-passionate in how I've gone about doing it, but the through line for all of my businesses, whether it's been from screenwriting and getting my films produced and distributed on Netflix, um, to being a Pilates instructor, to be owning, uh, co-owning an e-commerce company, to having crownyourself.com and founding that and being a coach in that. The through line for all of my businesses has always been that I transform people's stories. That that is what I am in the business of doing. So yes, has it, it's been done in different mediums, but I'm the the main business that I'm really in is in the business of transforming people's stories about what is possible for their life and and for their businesses. So when I'm when I meet someone who's multi passionate, if they haven't had success in some area, then that to me says that there's some sort of lack of focus, mm-hmm. um, maybe a lack of narrowing their niches to who they, of, of who they want to target and who they want to serve. Um, and when I hear serial entrepreneur, I, I, Richard Branson is a serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Like he's had billion dollar success in multiple different industries. When I hear serial entrepreneur where there's not been any success in sale, like it, or very little success, then that to me says, says scattered focus. Mm-hmm. So in every one of my businesses, I had a level of success 
And then, but I didn't have the level of fulfillment that I thought. Mm -hmm. So when I first started out in screenwriting, I thought that was my dream, like to see my, my name on the big screen. When it finally happened, I was at the premiere and I was like, whoa, why am I only about like 80 to 90% fulfilled? And to support myself as a screenwriter, I followed the calling to be a Pilates instructor because um, I was looking for a job because in Hollywood, you kind of need a bridge job. And, <laughs> and so, and I didn't want to wait tables and I was a bulimic back then. And I was looking for any way to heal my relationship with my body. And I found Pilates and I, within a few months, within literally three months, I was like, oh my God, I've never felt this good in my body. I've never felt this, this, this complete in my, in my skin. And I was like, I have to help other people feel this good. And the beautiful thing about being a Pilates instructor is it allowed me the free time to set my own schedule so that I could still pursue my career ambitions in Hollywood. So when my career ambitions in Hollywood, when I noticed that lack of fulfillment, I decided to pivot into, well, maybe it was because I didn't have as much control because I was a screenwriter and I wasn't the producer. So I thought, well, maybe if I am more of an, in an entrepreneurial space, then I would have more control over the business. And so I had my own Pilates studio for a while and had, had success with that, but again, wasn't hundred percent fulfilled. So then I was presented with an opportunity to become a part a consultant on an e-commerce uh, in, in an e-commerce startup. They were launching a product that, um, was a back stretching device. And I saw it and I immediately saw the potential of it. I thought this would be fantastic for Pilates studios, chiropractic offices, physical therapy. I knew who to market to. These are my people. And I said, I didn't want to just be, I thought maybe I could transform people's stories about what was possible for their back pain and for their, you know, furniture, because it was basically functional furniture that you could use to also stretch on. And so I, I thought, well, maybe I could do it in that way. And I was so grateful to be a part of that business because it taught me what being a part of a business that is not 100% in alignment with your values mm-hmm. means. And my business partner and I, we just had different values um, with how things were to be. He had a greater value for, he was an older man, so he had a greater value for certain traditional means of education, going to college and whatnot. And here I was like, I would learn something marketing thing and say like, let's implement it. Like, let's just give it a go. And so that caused a lot of friction in our relationship. And that eventually led to me being bought out, which was a very, very powerful tool that I now use for crown yourself because I saw the value of values because most people go into their businesses and most people create a life based off of passion. They, we go into relationships based off of passion and there's the passion there, but if there's not mutual values, then that's where we get out of alignment. That's where after that passion starts to fade, then, then that hot and heaviness of whether it's with hot and heavy in a relationship or hot and heavy on a product or a service or something that you provide, then that's where it comes down to the foundation of values. And if the foundation of values has cracks in it, because you just have different values, it's not that one is good and one is bad. They're just different. Then that's where businesses can start to go awry. So my multi-passionateness stemmed from having different levels of success and allowing for myself to follow my curiosity and pivot, but not from lack of focus of being all in with the thing that I was going all in on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very good description because value is something that we can stick to because it's part of our identity and passion is not necessarily something we, it's something we love, but not necessarily our identity, but our values represent that for sure. Mm -hmm. I like, I like how you put that. You also 
said you're big on transforming people's lives. And from my personal experience with conversations with multiple people, when, when they're really driven to transform people's lives, it is likely because they have had a transformation within their own life. Share a little bit. I'm sure you've had many, but share a little bit like your journey with that to, to where this is such a value for you today. I think the biggest story I am interested in transforming, and it's one that I see that is really kind of consuming a lot of the world right now, is this, the story of blame. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, I grew up in a household with addiction and I didn't have, like, I wasn't taught how to navigate emotions very successfully. Mm-hmm. And so that's what in essence caused bulimia. I would suffocate my and suppress my emotions and suppress it with food. And then I would purge it because eventually you can only suppress emotions for so long. Mm-hmm. But for those 10 years that I was a bulimic from age 12 to age, like uh, age 11 to like age 21, 22, I blamed what, what catapulted and skyrocketed my healing in the last few years was that I switched the blame from being on my dad to recognizing it was my, I had to take ownership for my choices. Mm-hmm. And when we project blame and a story of victim mindedness onto other people, it prevents us from ever being able to move forward. Mm-hmm. Because if I had continued to blame my dad, it, it wasn't him shoving my finger down my throat. It was me. I made the choice to do that mm-hmm. repeatedly. Like I had to start looking and evaluating at my choices that I was making. And one of the, my favorite books is Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, where he says between stimulus and response, you have a choice. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who haven't read it, I highly recommend you read it because Victor Frankl was a Holocaust survivor who was mm-hmm. in multiple concentration camps. And he saw that whether you were um, a prisoner or even the Nazis who were guarding him, that they, between stimulus and response, there was a choice. And there were some Nazi guards who did good and who would try to help the prisoners. And, and there were some uh, prisoners who they, it just brought the worst out in them. But he saw that between stimulus and response, there was a choice. There was a choice that you could be better. There was a choice that you can do different, or there was a choice not to, there was a choice to, to, be a victim of your circumstances. And what I love about what Victor Frankl did in that scenario is he took those experiences to learn. And I think that that, that uh, I, I wasn't raised with growth mindedness as, as a value. Um, I was raised in a very fixed mindset. This is how things are done. This is just what it is. Don't question it. Like this is just what is instead of being open and being curious and being what I call compassionately curious Mm -hmm. as far as like what other people's experiences are. And I think if we can first off eliminate this blame of like right or wrong, good or bad choices, and just look at a choice as being a choice first and foremost, and then transform our story of, of things being right or wrong to things, to being open and curious to learn then those, those two stories, if we change that in, in our own lives, and that was my story that I had to change that I still continuously work on to this day to change those stories. It it opens you up for full ownership of your life and for full creation of your own life. Like I did not create this confident person that, that I am today. I like, I, I, I did create this real confident person. I did was not born this way. 
I was super shy. I was super introverted. I still am quite introverted. Like after this podcast, I'm going to just go nurse my baby and just have like some quiet time. But like I chose into being this person. I didn't rely on blaming my circumstances or how I grew up of like, oh, I know I, because I grew up in, in certain circumstances, I now I'm going to just live like that and have that be uh, the diagnosis and the death sentence for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how you said that doesn't have to be the diagnosis for the rest of my life, that there is this choice and we have power when we have choice instead of no power at all. And you now have taken that power, that transformation, and you're a coach and a trainer. Expand a little bit now what what service line you're in (laughs) now. So I focus a lot with uh, on visionary leaders and entrepreneurship. I have such a passion for um, entrepreneurs and building businesses. I think that is something that it's it fills my creative juices. And I'm really in the business of raising leaders, of creating visionary leaders. Cause I think a lot of the visionaries have been stifled by traditional systems mm-hmm. of this is how you should think this is what you should do. Um, follow these steps and then you'll get this result. And that's not ultimately true. And I think this, that business and innovation can be such a use for good in this world. And that when more good hearted, mission-minded purpose-driven conscious leaders are making more money, that is how we transform the story of the planet. Like that is how we we raise the vibration, however you want to say it. Like that is how we transform to being a more conscious culture as a, as a human race to serving one another. And that is so helping. So yes, I help people build their empires and stand out authentically. I I also help them lead like that. That's really becoming the leader of their own life, no longer needing permission to stand out as who they want to be as who they've always wanted to be as almost who they've known they are, but they've, they've had those voices or what I call the plagiarized programming that has said, Oh, you shouldn't be too loud. Or you, you know, this, your children are better seen and not heard. And, you know, this is like, you should tone it down a bit. And, or, you know, all those little bits of plagiarized programming that we've all experienced. And it just comes down to what, what we choose to accept as true for us and what are the rules that we are choosing to live by. And so deconstructing what those rules are for my clients and how they can really choose into creating whatever it is that they want to create on this planet. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, you know, when you're working, creating, helping leaders find what is within them, right? Uh, that what they have. You also mentioned growth versus fixed mindset. I think it was like Dr. Carolyn Duet or someone that, that really talks about someone. I'll have to, I'll Google her and put her back in here. Um, do you feel that the, when people come to you, that they're in a more fixed mindset versus growth or they're, they want to be in the growth, but they're not able to get there. Do you, where do you see a lot of people struggling? Typically people who are in a, a fixed mindset, aren't seeking out coaching and, and, like personal development books, like they have their established belief systems as to how the way the world is for them. And that's what they believe the world is. And they don't believe that it can be any different. Um, Typically people who are coming to me, they're in some way of doubting that model of the world that they've been either raised in or are currently operating in. They're doubting the belief systems that they may have about their self. They know that they have some self-doubt about achieving certain things and that that may be stopping them. 
and that they know they have some plagiarized programming. They know they have some self-limiting beliefs. They know they have doubts and fears. They're not quite sure how to navigate getting out of it, but they, they know that they can. And they also know that, that there is another side that can be so much better and so much different than what they are currently the current modus operandi that they are under at this moment. And so if they're in that stage of they're they've moved past that first stage of growth, which is um, unconscious incompetence, where they don't know what they don't know, and they don't know that they don't know it Mm -hmm. into that stage of they're, they're consciously incompetent in that they don't know, they they know that they don't know something, but they don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And they know that they don't know it. So they're seeking out answers. Mm -hmm. And so in that space, that's when clients typically come to me is when, when they are in that space of recognizing that they have doubt and self-limiting beliefs and that they need someone to maybe reflect back to them. Um, some of the things that are some of the patterns and habits and, and strategies that they're currently operating under, maybe reflect back to them some of the states that they're living in. Cause if they can change their state and they can change their strategy, they can definitely change their story. Yeah. Yeah. And again, back to this trauma informed coach, do you feel that some of the clients that are working with you to build these serial and, and change the world that they are all covering up for some trauma or, or many of them are, is that something that has to come up through your coaching? I think, um, I think trauma, trauma is very subjective mm-hmm. um, because somebody who you could have somebody who's experienced way worse trauma than I have and who grew up in horrific circumstances and they may not be as trauma triggered as other people. Um, it, it really did, trauma is a hundred percent subjective, but I do find that because as a coach, especially in, in a lot of service-based industries, you att- attract customers who have been where you are. Mm-hmm. I do attract customers who have experienced abuse in their past, who have had, um, who have been in narcissistic relationships, who have been in, um, who have maybe abused their bodies in some way, shape or form, and who are operating by a fear-based mindset and a mindset of blame. And we look at shifting, shifting that and the trauma story um, because trauma is, it, it's different for every human being, mm-hmm. but I bring that awareness to it. And f- for me, I look at trauma from a somatic perspective because mm-hmm. I think a lot of um because I'm not a therapist, which is very different than a coach. Uh, and I, and I focus on looking at it from a somatic perspective of how can we shift the body and the physiology and the way you breathe and the way you move so that it's changing your brain patterns and what, what the signals that it's sending to your brain Mm -hmm. about how you operate through life and how you can use your body as one of the greatest tools, um, for leadership, which I actually think is the most underutilized asset, um, that we have. Yeah. Well, your testimonials really put out that you have helped people shift their frame of mind. It's not, you know, like it's, there is so much power and having a coach is really someone to help you pull out that power from within you. You also said this, and I'm going to use this, but confidence is cultivated. (laughs) I was just like, I wrote it down twice, actually. I, I didn't really like confidence is cultivated. In what manner do you feel like as a coach? Um, as a mom, as, as a partner, as a business partner, is someone able to help cultivate confidence? It starts with courage and a courageous act is, is very different for each person. Mm -hmm. Um, A courageous act could be 
defying the plagiarized programming that you have to hustle and push and work really hard all day. And your courageous act for that day could be taking a nap. Like a courageous act could be actually reaching out to that person or responding to that email or answering that customer issue in a timely manner that you normally would avoid. Like each courageous act could be a, is a different thing for every person, but recognizing what is that act of courage that you need to take. Maybe the courageous act is not, uh, barking at your kid um, and instead taking a moment to pause and breathe and like reassess your response rate because you're at cause for your responses. Mm -hmm. Maybe that courageous act is to um, pause and not do and, and uh, look at, are you only doing because of fear? Because if you're just doing because of fear, then that can then that that's not necessarily leaning into courage. That could be leaning into a trauma cycle that you're just used to doing, 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 because you're scared of what would, of just being, you're scared of that space mm -hmm. of, of what would be if you just were just you right now as it is and having that be okay and enough. Yeah. So it really like confidence is cultivated through being able to take courageous action every single day. And so one of the things I encourage my clients and everyone do is just look at what is that one act of courage that you need to do for, for the day. For me today, it was reluctantly rolling out of bed and going to the gym at 5am and having the, the, the courage to, to keep a commitment that I have made to myself for this, this next year. I didn't want to do it, but I had the courage to say, okay, I'm going to defy the programming that says that maybe I deserve to feel bad because that's mm -hmm. part of some trauma programming. And I'm going to instead lean into the programming that I deserve to feel good. And I know that go if I go to the gym, I'm going to feel so much better after. And so I, sh I showed up for myself and I did it. And I was like, okay, courageous action for the day. Check. Uh, <laughs> but what are those courageous actions for the day that you need to take? Maybe it's waking up 15 minutes earlier. Maybe it's having the courage to have a conversation with your spouse about you needing more support around the house. Maybe it's uh, having the courage to turn down a client that could be a money-making opportunity, but it could be like the worst fit ever in the history of delivering your services. Um, so look at what are those acts of courage? What are those gut instinct things that, that immediately you feel a bit of fear or resistance around that, you know, are actually like the best thing that will be for you if you just do them. Yeah. Explain a little bit to the listeners, like what sort of coaching do you provide? Like what services, if they're in the need for it, can they look you up for? <laughs> Yeah, you can go to crownyourself.com and click the tab that says work with me. So if you're looking for um, some specifics on how to really increase your productivity and your performance in your business and you're an entrepreneur and you want to look at also increasing your growth uh, 150%, that is what I provide on our consult calls to see if we're a right fit to continue coaching for a, on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, I also provide coaching for business owners who are looking to use appearing on guest podcasts as a medium to get their business greater exposure, greater impact and greater income from by, uh, from appearing on other people's podcasts and how to do that in my communication Queens program. And then the third way of working with me is in our mind, mindful monarchs membership, which is really about how do you step into mastering your mindset and leaning into 
understanding this house of intuition and our bodies so that we can use our bodies as the greatest tool to guide us to make the best decisions ever as a leader in our business and in our life. Wow. Wow. And then the last question, I like to ask this one because it's in the rising podcast. Where do you see yourself, Kimberly, still rising up to for your future? For me, I'm still rising into the the title of New York Times bestselling author. (laughs) So that is one that you have to finish writing your own solo book to be able to do that. So I'm already an Amazon bestselling author because I did a collaborative book, but New York Times bestselling author, that is something that I'm rising into as well as rising into um, speaking on uh, and having live events when giant live events are allowed again. When we're allowed to do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And also for for me, rising into finding my voice of speaking on some of the, the topics that I do believe need to be brought to light more, like the topics of blame and and our own. Uh, autonomy and freedom and where freedom really comes from. And for me, I believe that freedom first starts in our mindsets first and freeing ourselves from the constructs of blame that we have putting on external circumstances and external things. So I really hope you appreciated and felt spiritually lifted and emotionally lifted after today's conversation Because I feel that there were so many key points, golden nuggets as we call them, that were helpful. And really recognizing, I guess, one thing that you have a choice. You may not like those choices. There might not be a lot of space between when something happens and when you have that choice to make. But you do have power in your choice. And I hope that's something that you gathered with today's podcast with Kimberly Spencer. If you felt this podcast was beneficial to you, it would really do so much to put this show in the hands and ears of those that would find benefit from it. So go ahead and share it. And if you would be so willing to leave a five-star review, again, it just helps promote these topics and interesting points and important points to other people. You never know who may need it. And until next time, let's keep building one another up.